You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, in some ways today's text is a mirror image of last week's text. Because last week we learned about thanksgiving, which is the biblical opposite of worry. And this week, this morning, Jesus is going to preach to us about worry. So we want to hear his preaching. And we want to let his preaching sink into our minds and our hearts and bear fruit there in our lives. Now, this will be fun because it seems like the way that Jesus wants to preach against worry is mostly by making fun of it. (laughs) Which of you, Jesus says, by being anxious, can add an hour to your life? Literally, it's something like this. Which of you, by worrying, can add a cubit to your age? Jesus asks, have you ever looked at someone and seen someone who's tall and healthy and thought to yourself, boy, they must worry a lot. (laughs) Or, have you ever seen an old person, and maybe they were sick and they got better, and now they're doing really well, and you think to yourself, wow, look at what happens when you worry. (laughs) Look at how you get better. No. I mean, we know that worrying doesn't actually help anything. But we still do it. Now, in fact, Jesus is going to say, look, you don't need me to preach to you. If you want to know that worry is just a foolish thing, it's a bad idea, you just have to listen to the preaching of the birds and the preaching of the grass. Do the birds worry? No. Look, and they have food to eat. Does the grass worry? Does the grass worry? No. But look, it's clothed in splendor. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? And Jesus makes fun of us a bit more. How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? It's, uh, O little faithers. It's one word in the Greek, and it's kind of a funny word. O little faith babies, or something like that. Little tiny trusters or something. You of little faith. Now, I wonder what we should make of the strategy of Jesus, that he's sitting here making fun of us who worry. I mean, mean, maybe we can remember first that Jesus was just funny. I mean, he often tells, he doesn't tell jokes with punchlines and stuff, but often he's just, he says things that make you laugh, especially when he's getting after the Pharisees. He he, He says that the Pharisees, you know, that they strain out the gnat and they drink the camel. Or, or, or he talks about the, how the Pharisees are there trying to find the speck in their neighbor's eye when they have a log sticking out of their own. It's just a funny image. Or, or Jesus, remember how he tells the parable of the, of the rich man who's tearing down his barn to build a bigger barn and talking to himself all the while he's going to die that night. But I think here in this case, the humor of Jesus is serving a more explicit purpose because worry and anxiety cause us to take ourselves so seriously, to to see things in such stark and dire terms, that and and not only for ourselves, but when we worry, it's like we throw this blanket of concern over everyone around us, and Jesus just isn't going to play the game. He's just not going to participate in worry. He's not going to let it happen. He's too free. He has too much faith to worry or to be dragged into the desperate conversation of worry that all of us are used to having. Jesus, I'm worried about this and that. I'm worried that I'm going to get sick and die. And Jesus says, that's a good idea. Most people get better when they worry more. (laughs) 
Or we say, Jesus, I'm worried about my kids. And Jesus says, that's the best thing to do, to worry about them. Because when parents worry about their kids, then it fixes everything. (laughs) Or, Jesus, I'm worried about what I'm going to eat or if I'm going to have enough money to survive. And Jesus says, good. Because when you worry, it causes the corn to actually grow up out of the field and money to magically appear in the bank. In fact, Jesus says, if you go next to an apple tree and you worry about it, you can actually see the apples grow. I mean, this is what Jesus is saying, you see. And not only that, but we want to invent things to worry about, to make up things to worry about, and Jesus even gets after us for that. We, we say, oh, there's not enough to worry about for today, now I have to invent things to worry about for tomorrow, and, and Jesus, and we, we say to ourselves, yeah, there'll be a lot of things that I can invent to worry about that haven't even happened yet, and Jesus again makes fun of us. Tomorrow will worry about itself, he says. You guys have enough to deal with today. Now, this is what Jesus is getting after, what, uh, and what he wants us worriers to see, that worry doesn't make things better, that it doesn't help anything. And we know this if we stop to think about it, but why then do we worry? I think one of our problems, okay, may I, so, okay I'll speak for myself, but I think, that this is, I think this is also true for you guys as well, that we have bound up two things in our mind that were never meant to be bound up together, and that is worry and work. We connect, we, we connect them to each other. So, so if I'm working, then I'm worrying, and if I'm not worrying, then I'm not working. So I want you to try this. I want you to imagine a guy, put him in your mind, see if you can see him. Imagine a guy who's not worried about anything, who's carefree. Now, what is he doing? Is he working? I, I, for whatever reason, I imagine a guy like leaning against the lamppost, chewing on a piece of straw. But the last thing that he's going to do is work. In fact, this guy that, in my imagination, hasn't worked all day. Now, it is strange for us to notice this, how we've bound these two things, worry and work, together in our minds. But look what happens. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink. Don't be anxious about your body, what you'll wear. Life is more than food. The body is more than clothing. And our gut reaction to what Jesus has said, it says there is, but Jesus, we have to work. Well, of course you have to work. Jesus didn't say don't work. He said don't worry. But we don't know the difference between the two. They, we, we, they go together in our minds. We think, we think this, that if we're engaging with this world in a serious manner, then it must be accompanied with worry and anxiety and a fretting about things. But the, So the Bible wants to, to tear these two things apart. I mean, all over the Bible... We're told to work. Just at one example, Paul says in 1 Timothy 5.9, if anyone doesn't provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In other words, we should work to provide for our families. But we shouldn't worry. So we have to disconnect these two things in our mind, worry and work. We want to work harder and we want to worry less. We want to, you see, normally it's, it goes like this. We want to, we want to crank one up and crank the other one down. But then we have to ask the question, why? I mean, what after all is the big deal? I mean, we know from Jesus and from our life, that it's true that worry can't make us taller or richer or make our life longer. But it doesn't seem that when we worry, we shrink. 
or we get poorer so that it's not that big of a deal. Now, it could be, and we'll have to ask the doctors what they have to say about this, about anxiety and worry. It could be that all this stuff actually makes us sicker. In fact, it could be that the doctors will even give people medicine for worry. But Jesus is after something more. In fact, Jesus is after a much more profound problem when he preaches against worry because Jesus understands that worry is, in fact, idolatry. And more specifically, that worry is the worship of money. So that's how the text started. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Money and the things of this life which money buys, food and clothing and house and car and everything else like this, that money is supposed to serve us. And we are supposed to use these things to serve and bless our neighbor. But Jesus sees that we are, every one of us is tempted to flip this upside down. That instead of, instead of, instead of using money or money serving us, that we start to serve them. We start to serve money. We start to serve food. We start to give our lives to clothing and all of these sorts of things. We dedicate our lives to them. We give our heart and our attention and our service to them. We give these things, the things of this life, we give them our worry, which is the worship of fear. In fact, worry is fear that corrodes hope when we should really be fearing and loving and trusting in God above all things. Now, it turns out that, and Jesus knows this too, that you don't have to be rich to worship money. The worship of money can be performed at a great distance. (laughs) If I just had a bit more, then I would, whatever, fill in the blank, I'd be happy or I'd be content or I'd be generous or I'd give more attention to the things that really matter or whatever, a little bit more. That's like the Kyrie and the Gloria and Excelsius of the liturgy of money worship. And then, that's when you don't have it. And then when you do have it, a big pile of it, more stuff than you need, then your worry changes from getting more of it to keeping it so that someone else doesn't get their grubby hands on it. And Jesus is preaching against all of this, saying that, that worry, that the worship of money is a ridiculous absurdity and more that it is a dangerous idolatry. In fact, Jesus is going to give one more jab to us worriers. He says, the Gentiles seek after all these things. It's the Gentile life, the life of those who have no God to worry about and to be obsessed with all the things of this life Worry, says Jesus, is what the pagans do, not what the children of the Heavenly Father do. So Jesus, with His humor and with His preaching, exposes us as worriers, as idolaters, and of those who do not fear God. But then, and God be praised for this, Jesus gives us an alternative. He says to us, to each and every one of us, that we have a greater treasure, greater than money, greater than food and clothing and anything else in this life, greater than gaining the whole world. We have something more, something better to seek after. He says it like this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. The real treasure in life is not a full bank vault 
or a full stomach or a mind full of worry. The real treasure of life is the righteousness of God. His kingdom. His word. His goodness. His holiness. And look, when Jesus tells us that we should be seeking after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's not giving us something more to worry about. (laughs) In fact, it's Jesus' business to win this righteousness for us. It's what he's doing in his life and most especially in his death. He is arranging for us, he is arranging for you to have this righteousness of God and this kingdom. And you do have it. You have it in the forgiveness of your sins. You you have it in the hearing and believing of the gospel preached to you, the gospel read and studied. You have it when you have the body and the blood. And you have it. You have this righteousness by faith, not by works and not by worry. Because Christ has done this all for you. Dear saints, in Christ, the righteousness of God has sought you and has found you. Your sins are forgiven. You, you are the children of God. Adopted into the family of your heavenly Father. Your, the heaven smiles upon you. God is not mad at you. You will, one day, when your last hour comes, you will pass from death to life. And even while you live, your life is in the hands of your good and gracious Heavenly Father who didn't even spare His own Son, but gave Him up for you. You you have these great treasures and more. You have the treasure of the blood of Jesus. You are clothed in the white robes of His own righteousness. You You are rich beyond measure and well provided for in this life, even to the life to come, because Jesus has given everything for you. Remember how Paul preached it. He said that he who is rich became for us, that we might uh, become rich in Him, that you have all of these things, the name of God and the love of God and the kindness of God. So why worry? Your Heavenly Father, listen, your Heavenly Father knows what you need. He has given already His Son for your forgiveness and salvation. And I suppose that if you need a piece of bread to eat, He can find one for you as well. You are set free in Christ. Free to live. Free to die. Free to serve and love one another. Free from death. Free from sin. And free from worry. Because Jesus is your Savior. And God is your friend. Amen. And by this, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.